I, I was a little bit worried when I first took this opportunity and, and brought this resource into the Detroit market because I wasn't sure if the market would hire or take a chance on some of our young people, right? Because of the narrative that we hear about how terrible, how they can't read, da, da, da. and I was kind of told that. But guess what? Our young people can read. Our young people are hungry. They're good, honest, you know, just sometimes need a little bit of support, need some mentoring. But for the, at the end of the day, they want the same things that everybody else wants. They want to be able to provide for their families. They want to be able to buy their wives a nice diamond. They want to be able to send their mom, somebody's mama. They want to be able to send their mama to Jamaica for vacation. But, but, but buy a home in their city and raise their families and contribute to their communities. That's for the most part what our young adults want. And I think there's a misconception. They're kind of getting a bad rap out here. It's not underserved at all, but yeah, underestimated is more like it. We live in the cyber age and many of the best high paying jobs involve computer technology. But the reality is many very talented young people will simply get shut out. They won't get a chance. But the folks here are changing that. Our team mantra is, is that we're kicking down barriers to entry for our students. RJ stands for Registered Jack. NPower is a nationwide program of free technology training that just launched in Detroit. Their students are young adults who, because of economics or other life circumstances, don't get a chance to compete for the best high-tech jobs. Being in the neighborhoods that I'm from, programs, opportunities like this wasn't available for me, my friends, my peers. ESATA is mostly intended for hard drive use. Empower instructors teach basic coding skills, cybersecurity, high-tech fundamentals. We're going to uh, give them access to a credential. So now they have an IT fundamentals A-plus credential that is an industry-wide um, need and that gives them access to entry-level IT positions. It may surprise you that Detroit ranks fourth in the nation on the list of America's high-tech job hubs. That means jobs, and the goal here is to level the playing field. They just need an opportunity to really get into a high-paying position. They just want access. So that's like the driving force in this room, is that everyone wants the same goal. My name is Derek Davis. I'm the CEO and founder of Audiovisual Technology Institute. ABT Educational Institute, our mission is to empower and train passionate minds to grow through educational opportunities that support and encourage personal growth. We just set up shop here in uh, Durfee Innovation Society. We have uh, two classrooms here, a lab and a training room. Um, our goal here is to provide training in the low voltage electronics technology career here for the local community and people outside of the community that's looking for job training, workforce development. Our goal here over the next few years is to be the hub for low voltage electronics training. Uh, the career right now, the field in low voltage electronics is wide opening. 
and we focus on AV, audiovisual technology training. We provide training that will provide young men and women with careers in security systems, home theater systems, uh, uh, control access, digital signage, anything that's dealing with low voltage technology. Uh, you will be able to walk out of here with a, a national certification as an electronic systems technician that is recognized throughout the country. Uh, our program is a 12-week program, uh, so we look forward to uh, being a local training provider right here in the Durfee community. All right. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for, for doing this and, and having this podcast. Our city needs this information. Um, so I'm the executive director for In Power, the letter N, Power. And what I'm doing um, for Detroiters um, is providing an IT training program that is no cost to the, to the training. Uh, we're serving the age group between 18 and 25, and this is an alternative to college. Some of our students, the minimum we require is a GED, but some of our students actually have bachelor's degrees, even though they're in that age group, but they have a desire to, to enter an IT career. So it's a 17 week, you know, half day program for um, IT to very technical training. Um, and you will receive a credential if you pass the exams, CompTIA nationally uh, recognized certifications that can travel with you anywhere and um, with our students anywhere, followed by a seven week paid internship so that our trainees are able to use some of the technical skills they have and the professional development skills they have. Um, but what's beautiful about our program is that we offer wraparound services supports so that um, the, the young person who are new to adulting and they sometimes they don't realize that the way in which they are living and decisions they're making are, are actually a detriment to them entering a high-paid career. But we help to address those, and then we support our students um, for three years after they complete the program, so that um, we can ensure that they have those pathways to prosperity are open and available to them. We're kicking down doors to allow our students access to IT. There are 30,000 young people in our region who don't, who aren't in college and they're underemployed, unemployed. And so InPower is another alternative to, to entering a good paid position. And um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to talk about. Um, I, if, um, if there are young people um, that are interested in, in uh, going through Empower, um, how, how would they get involved and what are the steps that they take? Well, the first, the first step would be making a decision that IT in this industry is something that you really feel passionate about because it's a transformational process that we take our trainees through. And if, you're, if they're not up for it, then you know, don't waste my team's time. So the first step is making a decision that you want to be a part of this industry. And then you would just reach out to us via um, um, you know, www.npower.org, hit apply. There's a, a short um, questionnaire or um, application, and then um, we will be in touch to interview and to introduce the program just really have our trainees understand the expectations and the commitment 
again, they're, they're stepping into a, a community of people who um, really believe in them. And now they'll be surrounded by others that in their age group who are on the same track and they support each other. Um, we are open to volunteers as well. So I need for the community to pour into these young people because this is a scary proposition. We're talking about taking someone with no IT skills and, and, and putting, you know, um, Robert Smith with the Fund 2 Foundation, the guy that paid off all the student loan debt from our house. Indeed. He put the money up to pay for this. So we can't let this money go to waste in Detroit. Yeah. So, um, and this, and so um, the community is invited to also participate in um, lifting these young people up and ensuring that they're successful. I know that's something that you mentioned. Um, that you yeah, we sure. we okay. More about All right. Later about how uh, um, we can make that happen as well. Um, thank you, um, and thanks for being on the on the podcast. Um, pleasure. That, uh, Mr. Davis, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Hello, my name is. Uh, thanks for first of all, thanks for inviting me to the podcast today. Um, thank you, Eric Davis. I'm uh, the founder, CEO, lead tech of AV Technology Institute. I'm also a broadcast engineer. I work for Channel Seven. I'm the morning show broadcast engineer, so I'm there to make sure that you know people can see the morning show. Uh, been a broadcast engineer, AV technician for thirty plus years now. And uh, it's a field that I've been involved in, you know, that I'm passionate about. It's not just a job, it's a career. And since I've been in the field for this long, uh, I noticed that African-Americans, we were only represented by 2% in this industry. And um, I decided, you know, after complaining about it for so many years about being underrepresented in the industry, that my dad planted a seed in me, who was a Detroit educator for a lifetime Detroit educator. And he mentioned to me, he said, hey, man, why don't you start, why don't you do something about it and stop complaining about it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? He said, well, start training young people, young men and women to do what you do. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's interesting. But I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a teacher. I'm a technician. <laughs> he was like, no, nah, son, it's in your DNA. Your whole family is an educator. Which was right. My mom was a second grade teacher at public school. My wife's a second grade teacher. So I've got countless educators in my family. So, you know, once you find that purpose in life, you really you, you, you take you run with it. So that's what I did. And I set up a technology school called Audiovisual Technology Institute. And we're a low voltage technology training center. And what we do is train young people in the in the technician side of the industry. You can come through our, it's a 12 week program. You come through our program. After the after completion of the 12 weeks, you can receive, sit for a national organization's uh, 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 testing. Uh, CEDIA is the national organization for residential uh, technicians. And then AVIXA is the national organization for uh, commercial technicians. So once you complete our course, we have the foundations to sit for both of those exams. Um, AV technology, you come out as an electronic systems technician. A lot of people say, what's an electronic systems technician? You know, well, everything we do today in life deals with electronic systems. I mean, so we, you know, when you walk into a new building, that whole new commercial building is wired for technology. You walk into a new home today or homes, period, 
they're wired for technology. So what we do is we train you on the foundations of electronics, basic electronics. Then we teach you the foundations to uh, provide, uh, install home automation systems, security systems, the backbone of the network in a commercial building, uh, uh, TV installation, mounting TV installation, home theater system. So it, it, it's, it's very diverse. Um, a lot of people, when they look at, uh, think about electronic systems, you know, they, and you walk into a building, I get from a lot of young people, they don't even know this career exists. First thing they think is electricians ran, wired everything in the building. You know, electric, you know, I, electricians come in, they power, they, they power the facility. They put in the lights and the power and things like that. But all the systems that involve that make that building or that home work, it's a low voltage technician that's coming in, installing, maintaining, and repairing those systems. So that's what we give. And we give you about the foundation, the background that you need to walk into an entry level career, starting anywhere from $18 on up um, with certifications. I mean, I've been in this career, for, you know, like I said, 30 years, and I've taken advantage of every certification level you could take in the industry. So the opportunities are there. You can just, you know, just have to start as a installation technician. You can grow from an installation technician to becoming a programmer, project manager, designer, even starting your own tech, your own technology business, installing these systems, you know, surveillance systems, home access systems, door access, digital signing. It's it's just sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. If um if if there's a young person that wants to get involved uh, with your program, how may they find you and how do they get involved? Uh, well, definitely we're on all the social media channels. There's a AV Technology Institute. So you can find us at our website at www.avtechinstitute.com or call us at 248-203-0066. Like I said, our program is a 12-week-long program. Uh, the cost of the program is normally $2,300. Since the pandemic started, we've lowered the price all the way down to $800. Because we know we don't want to we don't want to uh, stop anybody from not having an opportunity to start a career due to finances. So we do offer uh, financial plans, uh, payment plans. Uh, all that stuff, because we're not going to let that stop you. The scholarship opportunities that are out there. We have several technology partners, major corporations um, that are offering scholarships. You know, So if you wanted to come through the program, you say, Mr. Davis, I can't afford it. Well, we're not going to let that stop you from becoming part of the program, getting that, getting the opportunity to uh, start a new career. Like I tell young people, it's not just a job, it's a career. Um, so... You know, like Camille said, you gotta you gotta really want it. Not for everybody. <laughs> Not for everybody. It's a hands-on field, you know. And uh, we're a big boy course. I tell you, my last students, I told, them, hey, I can't read the book for you. I can't mm-hmm. do all the assignments for you because uh, this is a big this is a big person course. You know, we gonna get you through it. But when you get through, I can, I can almost pretty much guarantee that you're gonna have the background, the skills. To get a job, that's if you want. And what age group are you working with, Derek? Uh, We started eighteen, eighteen on up. Uh, My last two, my last two students were nineteen and twenty-two, and uh, 
those young men finished. We finished their, they finished their first course. We finished January 30th, and they walked out of there with interviews. All right. One of my technology partners and had interviews the following week. So uh, that was a good thing. I haven't heard back from them yet. I'm, I gotta, I'm trying to reach out to them, see how the interviews went. But uh, the opportunities are out there. This field right now is wide open across the country. Yeah. Can I, you know what's interesting about what we do, Derek, and, 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 and to you guys, it's like, you know, at this point, I, I was a little bit worried when I first took this opportunity and, and brought this resource into the Detroit market because I wasn't sure if the market would hire or take a chance on some of our young people, right? Because of the narrative that we hear about how terrible, how they can't read. Da, da, da. And I was kind of told that. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Our young people can read. Our young people are hungry. They're good, honest, you know, just sometimes need a little bit of support, need some mentoring. But for the, at the end of the day, they want the same things that everybody else wants. They want to be able to provide for their families. They want to be able to buy their wives a nice diamond. They want to be able to send their mom, somebody's mama. They want to be able to send their mama to Jamaica for vacation. But, but, but buy a home in their city and raise their families and contribute to their communities. That's for the most part what our young adults want. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a misconception. They're kind of getting a bad rap out here. What I found right now is I'm having a hard time getting the word out and getting students into the into the field yeah. because they don't understand the field. They don't know that this is a career that's here, that's behind the scenes, that it's really not hard. You know, how much math is it, Mr. Davis? I said, well, you know, you got to be able to learn. You got to be able to know how to read a ruler. You got to be able to know how to do some basic formulas, you know, power formulas. But it's not that difficult. You know, we could sit down even if you had a rough. I'm not the best math person, never was. But I know enough to 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 understand the field and get the job done is what I tried to explain to them. So, you know, don't let those things, if you had a rough high school career, things like that, stop you. Because the art, right. like, like you said, Camille, if you can read, you can write, you can do the job. <laughs> you know? uh, so if I have a question. Um. How do you guys get the word out? Like Empower, um, Derek, uh, the AV Technology Institute. Like, how do you guys get the word out? Like, I don't. I mean, I mean, do you guys have a relationship with the school districts with with DPSCD? I think D, uh, Detroit Public Schools Community District is the largest school district in the um, in the state. You know, so is there a relationship there? Um, you know, yeah. What's the what's the way that you guys get the word out? Well, I've been grassroots, man. I've been boots to the ground, flyers. I did a commercial, you know, the told the social media thing. Um, uh, uh, I, you know, prior to the pandemic, you know, I was going. I had, you know, schedules to go into schools and the high schools and talk to the young people about the program and get them interested in the program. But that just crashed and burned on me. So since then, it's just been, you know. Boosted ground type thing, you know. Yeah. I tried every kind of marketing you can think of besides, you know, 
standing on the corner myself with a sign. One of the things that I, 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 I saw uh, kind of be had some success is connecting with um, some of the, the coaches from the athletic departments in some of the high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they tend to know who's hungry, who's not getting ready to go off to school, who's not going out to college, they're graduating, and they, they work hard, right? Like I've seen that kind of be uh, a good resource when you're looking to kind of find some good candidates for your, your courses. That's a uh, great idea, Damar. Thank you. I, I do have a, a um, you know, one of the questions is, um, I, I guess, what, what type of experience do they need to have, like when they walk in your door, right? I mean, I, I know that you're, you're talking about um, you know, some of the questions that you get from them. But like, if I'm if I'm walking in your door, what do I need uh, to, to bring with me? For, for me, um, you would need a GED at minimum. And we do check that. You need an ID. But for those who don't have those pieces of, of information, we'll provide resources for them to go and get those resources to, to get it. But um, we don't test as a criteria to enter our program. Um, we do test eventually just to see where our students are. And so what's beautiful about this virtual environment, if I were to, to pick something you know, to say positive about this flipping pandemic, awful pandemic, we started in January with um, in-person, four hours a day. We have two sessions, right? A morning and an afternoon. And just when we got our, and we kicked this thing off in January, and just when we got to a point where people got into the rhythm of being dropped off and picked up, or they found where they're going to park, and they're accustomed to being showing up at um we're at our location at nine o'clock every day, the pandemic hit. Um, but a number of our students didn't have adequate Wi-Fi, so we had to, you know, they didn't have devices, so we had to really act fast so that they were able to get access to those to the equipment they needed. So that when we went underground and went in quarantine, they were all ready to go. So as far as I'm concerned, the only thing I add, but but then, you know, I have instructors who bring the curriculum to our students at where they are. So, is you know, again, the only thing that I require is a desire to want to learn and grow and a GED. We even go through a visioning exercise. So here's something I want to tell you, Derek. We even go through a a visioning exercise where, you know, I make them um, figure out, like, draw me a picture of what your work environment is going to look like when you finish this program. And this is like day three, you know, and they're like, we don't know. And I'm like, no, I just need to know. I need you to close your eyes. Tell me what this thing looks like. Open your eyes and draw it. And they do it. Right. And then I give them um, $50,000. And I said, this is your internship. Then I give them a $50,000 check. And I'm like, um, and it's a fake check. It's, it's written for me, right? And it's like, okay, now I'm paying you $50,000. What does this do to your picture? And then they start drawing and it kind of grows. You can see the expansion. And then I say, okay, I'm back a year later. We give you $100,000 now. What does that do to your picture? Meaning, what does that do to your vision? What does that do to your life? And then at the end, the big check is a $300,000 check. And they go crazy because now they all, now they feeling me, right? Now they're like, okay. And I have them get different crayons and different colored pens. And, and I adopted that. Don't tell anybody from the Goldman Sachs program I used to run. And I would do the same visioning exercise with adults. And it works, and it works very similar to 
with the young people. And it gets them in that frame of mind of, first of all, they're learning how to meditate, visualize, but now they can see it. And it's like, and that's the key, Derek, if they see it, then they can get it. Then they, then it's plausible. Then now they can dream about it. So that's just a little trick that I use in like the first week to try to level set. But some of our students come and they're like, well, I love to game. Okay. Some of our students actually coach gaming for like professional gaming teams, which I didn't even know existed. Yeah. They're building websites and coaching. I'm like, what? But it's not necessary. Colleges have gaming teams as well. Like, yeah. like you get scholarships and everything. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Derek, same question your way. Like, what do, what do I need to walk in uh, with experience-wise? Well, because we, we are a state of Michigan licensed proprietary trade school, we do have to, you have to have a minimum of GED. So we do also check that, make sure you have that uh, and all that. Other than that, I, I, you know, I need, I'm looking for young men and women who, you know, have that ability to think outside the box because everything is not cut in stone. It has to be this way. You know, when we're sitting in our, like our program is 80% hands on, you know, you're in there touching, feeling, uh, cutting wires, running wires, uh, learning how to solder, all that type of stuff. So sometimes you just got to, you know, think outside the box, you know, as an engineer, you know, they say, what, what do you mean think outside the box? So if I told you to take that square peg and put it in that round hole, can you do it? Well, as an engineer thinking outside the box, yeah, I'm going to tell you I can do it. And you're going to say, how are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to go get a file and I'm going to round them edges off of that square block enough for thinking skills. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. thinking outside the box. So I kind of look for that. Uh, as as students come in, you know, do they have that ability? Is that ability that you can train them to have also? And then hands hand skills because you got to use a lot of hand tools. I noticed in this last class, I had a student that you know he used the tools, but he had some uh, difficult times with it. You know, I had to basically show him how to actually hold different things to get the best out of utilization out of those tools. But we don't want that to stop you because it can it can be trained. So yeah. just the basic requirement, you know, high school diploma, uh, high school GED, that type of thing. And uh, we're going to prepare you for a career. I'm going to prepare you. You're going to yeah. be ready. Well, one of the things that, that always troubles me, right, is that, like, there's something going on psychologically that makes me feel like I should be intimidated about taking your course. But, like, I feel like I'm capable of going to apply at a fast food restaurant. Right. Mm -hmm. like, no matter where you go, there's going to be a level of training that takes place. Right. So like if you're going to go there and work for like minimum wage and they're going to have expectations and train you, why not come and set yourself up for a career? Like what can we do to change um, like the way we explain or, or, or extend an invitation to make people feel like this is as, as accessible to them as McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell is, uh, but it's just going to pay a lot more. Well, I'm I'm planning now to do a uh, technology trade show to kind of bring my industry partners together to talk about their companies, 
what they expect, you know, from employees, the opportunities that they have at their companies and things like that. And I'm also start opening up the school, the doors to uh, tours, you know, more come in and, and check out the lab. Come in and, and look what we have to offer, you know, so you won't be intimidated. I mean, it sounds intimidating, but I'm going to tell you something. We start because of the pandemic. I had to switch up real fast and go to online learning. And mm-hmm. it just didn't work for my guys. They mm-hmm. finally came to me and said, Mr. Davis, can we come in? Can we come in the classroom? And I was like, you know what? It's only two of y'all guys. We, we, can, we can do it socially distanced. Let's do it. When they got in that room and actually started engaging with the tools and uh, the lab equipment and things like that, man, their eyes lit up. Like I, it was, it was amazing. It was like, Oh wow, I can do this. You know, and then I encourage them all uh, the whole time, you know, Hey, don't worry about it. You're doing a good job. Just it's repetition. Just keep trying, going at it, repetition. And before you know it, you're going to, you're going to, you know, know what you need to do. And then I also encourage them that when you get out there, into your career or start working as an entry-level tech with a company, they're going to train you on the equipment and things that they do in the field. They're going to match you with a trademan, uh, a lead technician when you go on the job. So you're going to learn tons more once you get out into the field. Um, I had one of my technology partners come to the facility and sit down and talk to the students about their company and what they're looking for and what they did and that blew their mind right there. That that right there was alone worth a million bucks, you know, to have this director, vice president of operation sit there in the room and actually talk to them about their needs and what they want, you know. And, and that so when yeah. so he left, they were like asking me a million questions. I want that. I want to be like him. <laughs> you know, so it was awesome. So, we, you know, we, I'm going to continue to do that bring in the technology partners prior to them finishing so that they can talk about the industry and talk about, so they can see uh, technicians that are out there actually in the field doing the job. And we use the same strategy. I um, have a, a recruiter on the team who's around 30, you know, and so, and she's, she knows how to, she's very savvy with uh, the social, with social media. So she's able to really connect and share the stories of some of um, the others was fortunate about Empower and about me launching it here is the fact that they've been doing this for 20 years around the country. So I have a lot of examples of people to point to to say, yeah, this person was in, you know, living in a shelter in Brooklyn and now they're working here in Ann Arbor, you know, for Google, which is actually the case. And so, um, but I, but also I leverage the alumni Right. So now that we have about 75 students that we've trained since last January in our in our under our belts. Well, now, if they you know, they're they're now out there promoting. I mean, these young people were valets and waitresses at the Cheesecake Factory. And, you know, they were movers. You know, they were there were a couple of guys who were college athletes that got injured and had to come home. And they were. But the moving companies here were like, yeah, y'all big. And they were movers in January. Well, today, the young lady who was the, the waitress at the Cheesecake Factory is with TCF Bank. Now, these are entry-level IT jobs, right? But they're in their foot is in the door. TCF Bank, they're at Little Caesars, at Accenture. They look completely different than they because their confidence, I mean, confidence looks good on people. 
But when I can bring them back and and they're able to tell the other students who are, you know, sometimes reluctant in the first week or two. But when I bring the CIO of Wayne State in or I bring someone who looks like them to say, hey, I was the only one, you know, at one point, but now I have you guys and they can aspire to be like those. That's the importance of the mentors and our volunteers. Um, and then the students are, they're, they're hooked. They're on the hook then. So, uh, you know, with our alum, between our alum and the volunteers who come um, and speak to our young people, the, you know, that it's on then because they can see themselves in these, in these individuals. Did you know that the CISO or the, the cybersecurity, chief cybersecurity officer of DTE is a sister. And so she comes in all the time. I mean, she she loves to inspire young people. I mean, she's looking for people who are interested in cybersecurity. But she looks just like the women, you know, the, the young women in my class, they see her and they're like, oh, I can be like Tobias Ward. I can, you know, so they got to see us. Right. And so that's good. That's the hook, too. Um, I, have, I have a question. Um, So. When I was younger, uh, they used to run these commercials. I think it was for the United Negro College Fund. And um, they would have a, a father come in and he's putting change inside of the jar. And, you know, and he's telling his, his son that, you know, you're not going to be like me. You know, you'll go to college. Right. And I think it used to end the guy with a deep voice. He was like, you know, donate to the United Negro College Fund because a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And it made it like, you know, just seeing that that commercial all the time, it made it seem like that you were wasting your mind or wasting your time if you did not go to college. If you didn't go to college. Yeah, if you didn't go to college. And so if um, you know, there, you know, there are people who who think that um uh Going a route of a trade school or going a route of certification is shortchanging our students, are not um, pushing them to a higher level, and that if if that certification, that training is not attached to a four year degree, that is not worth worthwhile doing. What would you say to someone with that type of criticism? Um, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Um, when I graduated high school, I wasn't ready for college. But being my parents were educators, I went because they were like, you're going to college, you know. So I went. I went to Tennessee State. I did two years at Tennessee State, and I found that it wasn't for me. I just, I just, I'm a hands-out guy. I'm a hands-on learner. So uh, after those two years, I called home one day and said, hey, I'm, in the, I'm joined the military. I left mm-hmm. the Navy. Mm-hmm. And I got my electronics background in the Navy. The, la- the Navy turned me into a man, basically. And then I learned electronics in the Navy. Once I got out of the military. Oh, my daddy did too. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm like, oh, okay, go ahead. I I started working, you know, as a camera guy and broadcasting because of my field was broadcast. I loved it and everything. And then I got tired of carrying the camera and I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to learn how the cameras worked. I wanted to learn how what the engineers in the station was doing. So I went back to school. You know, I went back to school and raised a family. You know, finally got my degree and took, I was on a 10-year plan, but I got it. But at the same time, I was working. I was mm-hmm. working in the field 
because I had that basic electronic skills that trade from the Navy. And, you know, and then once I got in the industry and I wanted to go high, now my mindset has changed. Now I'm ready for college because I'm working, I'm making money doing what I like to do, you know, but I'm a proponent now for the trades. I mean, every, my son, when he got out of high school, I told him, look, I know you're not ready for college. You ain't wasting my money. You know what I'm saying? But he went and got a, ball ball. He got a trade. He went into the trades mm-hmm. and he's very successful now. And he went back to school too. Got his degree, his associate's electronic degree from ITT Tech. Now he's teaching and, you know, and he works in the industry. So I know that pathway works. Yeah. It works, you know. I remember meeting with, um, so I I worked for the Michigan Economic Development Corporation for a a while before um, the Goldman Sachs work I was doing. And I remember meeting with the CEO of DTE. And I remember he was like freaked out, called the state in, called the county in. So we're sitting there and he's like, look, um, in five years, half of my electricians are going to be retiring. They all told their kids to go to college. So now all their kids have English degrees and I can't use that. Now they're all getting ready to retire and I don't have a, a pipeline of, of, of people to come in and take their place. And he was like scared, like that's, that could shut us down if we can't do, if I can't find the skilled trades. And I remember he looked at me and he said, I said, well, you know, he said they can write their own check. I said, what kind of check are you talking? He said, you could put $100,000 on the table um, and say, this is how much it will cost and we're going to take you. And so, um, and as someone who took six years to get through undergrad, um, back in the 80s, my husband and I were just talking about this. It was a time where it was possible to basically work through school, work your way through school. But I just, but as someone who just put a kid through school, there's no way she could have worked her way through that. She, And if not for me, she could easily have $50,000 worth of debt coming out of undergrad. Um, it's just, we need more options. We just need another alternative. Yeah. Everybody don't have $50,000 or $100,000 to invest in an education, but that doesn't mean they aren't smart or they don't want to be able. I mean, there's just it's just a pathway. It's just another way to get to the end game, I mean, the end goal, which is being able to provide for yourself and your families. That's all that Empower offers. It's just another alternative. Yeah, yeah I'm concerned with the way we, we're having that conversation um, oftentimes, right? It's like, I think that like most of the people that I hear coming from our community that are involved in a conversation, you know, it's, it's like skilled trades or, and like if you're promoting one versus the other more, then mm-hmm. you're feeding the youth. And I just don't like the way that we're having a conversation personally. I, I feel like, you know, I've heard the stories of, you know, kind of, you know, the way the way you started uh, the conversation saying it like there were only 2% when you started, right? And it, and that sounds like that's still the case. But um, I would hear stories of people, uh, brothers and sisters, when they start got into the skilled trades, people not really wanting to even give them access, give them the opportunity to join the skilled trade or like not even wanting to train them 
But now that we're talking about opening up opportunities and y'all have actually gone the extra mile and created opportunity, right? And committed yourself to it because you saw like, you know, that somebody could come and make a, 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 good, a good living. So I just don't like the way that we're having a conversation because at the end of the day, we're talking about another access, another opportunity, another pathway um, or option for, for success. So I don't think that it's, it's, it's either or, or, you know, you know, I have my own opinions, right? Like, you know, skilled trades was my pathway to success, right? Like I, when all my friends went off to, to school and I was working a, a stock at, at, at ABC Warehouse. And what I realized was that, you know, I better learn how to do something because, you know, my friends are going to come back with degrees and ready to be like real adults. And, you know, I made a decision then that I would, would learn a trade. And, you know, I, I, I was really... Which one did you learn, Dewan? What did you what did you pick Carpentry. up? Carpentry. Yeah. Yeah. So so oh, I Jesus. Yeah. Okay, you know, sorry. Exactly. I had yeah. to throw that out there. And, and 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 knowing how to do something just opened <laughs> up all kinds of doors. Definitely the confidence that, that you talked about mm-hmm. earlier, like was definitely the, there, right? It's like I walk into a situation saying, like, I'm not I'm not just looking for work, but you're the work is looking for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you need something done that I know how to do. So we need each other. So there's a different, uh, there's a different conversation we're having. We're negotiating like my worth and my value and what I'm going to be paid, as opposed to me taking whatever you know you say and you're offering for this position, right? And I, uh, so, but but also like my friends that that went off to school, they're in the same position. Like they're doing well. They're they're, they're providing for their families. Um, so so I don't knock one or the other. Um, one of you said earlier that people didn't even know, a lot of people didn't even know that this, this, um, pathway, uh, existed. And I think that that was a struggle that, that, that my generation had, like we saw the, the rappers, the, the, the basketball, the athletes, the rappers, you know, the drug dealers. And then we also saw, um, you know, the, the factory workers. And we thought that that, those were the only uh, career opportunities you could take, right? Uh, so to, to have these other op- opportunities and you guys creating them uh, is just a blessing. And I think that we should unite in the way that we're having a conversation, encourage one another as opposed to saying, like, you should not be steer- steering them this way or or you shouldn't be steering them. I wish somebody would say that to me. <laughs> I wish somebody would say that to me. You know, <laughs> it's like, then you write the check for them to take you know, the class then, you know what I'm saying? I wish somebody would. So I, yeah, I'm ready for that fight. Like I, like I was telling my young man, I was like, if you, you know, once you get into a trade and you want to learn more, or if you want to go back to college, go back to college and take yeah. a degree that's going to benefit you. If you're in a trade like electronics as a tech, go get a business degree. So you learn how to run your own tech firm. No, you learn how to run your, run your own uh, technology trade, you know, uh, uh, as out there installing security systems or installing digital signage or whatever. That way, that degree that you got no. is going to benefit you more than what you really, you yeah. know, own, yeah. own business. Setting yeah. that legacy aside, you know, starting yeah. that legacy for your children or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, you know, that's what I propose. Like, if you're going to go to college, go get a business degree yeah. so you can run your own business. Yeah. You know, right. Exactly. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we all end up needing each other. Right. Like, yeah, I need I needed the folks that that went off to school and and graduated that 
I needed them two things. I needed them to not know how to do what I was trained to do. Right. So they could hire me, but also needed them to be uh, making enough money to pay me. Right. So, right. but they also needed me to come and provide the service for them. Right. So like at the end of the day, we all end up needing each other anyway. So, you know, like, I like to call that the win-win, DeWine. And, it, and it's yeah. like, you know, what, what Derek and I offer, I mean, I could easily come up in here and say, you know, you got to give these black kids a chance. You know, I mean, my, our mission is taking, you know, young people from underserved communities uh, from, prosper, uh, from poverty to prosperity. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not even about that. It's about you need talent. You strapped if you don't get it. You can't grow your business if you don't have people who can actually work on those contracts that you're going out there and securing. I have a talent pipeline. Oh, they're diverse too. Oh, look at that. So now you can check that, you know, now that everybody has their D, you know, the diversity and inclusion goals and stuff now, since now being black is hot again. Okay, then we can all, like you saying, we could benefit each other. It's a win-win. So now you have this, you can check your box on your diversity goals and you'll have a high quality, both Derek and I are offering high quality, trained, certified person who can come in, who's hungry, who's moldable, who will come in and work their butts off so that your business can grow and you can continue to grow it and get more opportunities because you got the talent. Mm -hmm. So it's not even about, you know, oh, hire the little black kids from Detroit. Although, you know, everybody seems to think they're finding a black kid from Detroit is like to work is like finding a Siberian tiger. Mm. But I mean, I'm not, I'm put all that. I'm not even going, I'm not even going to come on that. But the win-win, you know, it benefits everybody. It benefits the community. It benefits our businesses and it benefits these young people this generation of people who will be basically making decisions for us in a few years. So, you know, what I did was when I noticed that the uh, uh, African-Americans only represented 2% in this industry, you know, sometimes you gotta have a seat at the table to make change. Okay. I was like, you know what? I'm getting me a seat at the table. So I sit on the workforce development committee for CEDIA, which is the residential end of the trade industry, Custom Electronic Design Industry Installation Association. And when I got on that board, man, they already knew that they had a problem in the industry. They knew it. When you when I went to the trade show in Denver, I could throw a boomerang in there and hit five African-Americans. <laughs> you know, in the industry, they knew that there was a problem, but they just didn't know how to address it properly. Uh, so I, you know, I started out as a trainer and next thing, you know, I was like, you know what? I started talking with the right people and wound up with a seat on the board. And right now they're going, doing everything they can hand over foot to address this issue of bringing diversity into the industry because they see it big time. So, you know, sometimes it takes us, you know, getting a seat on that board or sitting at the table to, and to not force change, but help change happen, help it move along a little quicker, things like that. So, you know, I told them, I said, when this pandemic ends and they start the next conference up, I'm coming there with busload young African-American men. All right. 
just so they can walk through the trade show and see what the industry, I mean, it's huge. It's, it's just every manufacturer that deals with electronics uh, products. It's just, it's a, it's, it's a candy store, you know, and it's very exciting. But we, like I said, that's my way of saying, hey, if I can increase that 2% by 1%, I did my job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I like the way that um, also um, how you guys mentioned, but Derek mentioned how he, his own route, he took, he went to school, sampled that, it didn't, it didn't work out. He went to the military. That's another route. <laughs> and then he got, he got, uh, you know, he got his his uh, certifications and trade licenses and everything. Another route, and then he came. You know, after that boost his confidence, he came back to school. You know, and I think that uh, oftentimes, you know, we we don't really uh, take advantage of what a confident young man or woman looks like going into college. Like you know, coming out of high school. I remember coming out of high school, starting college. It was a lot of uncertainty, you know. Mm-hmm. Some classes, I was the only black person in the class, and I, I thought myself like, "Man, I'm not good enough to, you know, to be here with these guys." I'm, just, you know, I wonder what kind of, you know, uh, training and background they got because, you know, and so a lot of not being confident can really cause you to have a dismal freshman experience in school, which can also cause you to to kind of you know, leave out. But to have some students um, to who maybe got a certification under their belt already, <laughs> you know, and they had the opportunity to make money while they're in school. You know, that's that's a tremendous confidence booster. And like I say, I mean, and, it's, and it gives you choices. You can't go to school or you may not want to go to school or you might want to do this, like Derek say, for 10 years. And then I go back and get my <laughs> my, cert- my, my degrees and things like that. So I think um, like how you guys are saying, like it's very important just to have uh, lots of, of, of options to success. Like it shouldn't be no one way to success. Like you should have several options. Um, just like when we ask the kids, like we want to be when you grow up and say, I want to be a, a athlete, you know, what's your, what's the plan B? You know what I'm saying? And so it should be the same thing. Like what, what's your plan B? What's your plan? Mm-hmm. You know, et cetera. Um, I have uh, just a couple more questions. First, first question is, is that what are, uh, and you guys kind of already alluded to it, but, what have been some of your, your major successes, your major challenges in the work that you're doing? Uh, my major, I started AV Technology Institute five years ago. And um, it was very difficult getting a trade school, a license to have a trade school in here in Michigan. I almost do the tile there. But um, I knew what my, my purpose was and what I really wanted to do. And it wasn't about the money or anything like that. So when I finally was able to get that first class, you know, Quan, you know, you gave me, helped me with the opportunity at Frederick Douglass that got my feet wet in the classroom environment. Cause that was actually my first time actually teaching this stuff in a mm-hmm. high school. And I saw the excitement on those young men's face at that time. And that gave me the confidence to know, Oh, I am an instructor. I can do this. You know, wow. I can't get this skill that I have and teach it. You know, so that gave me that confidence. And then going through the whole battle of getting the license and getting the school started. And then the pandemic hit and be like, oh man, I'm out of money. 
What am I going to do now? You know, <laughs> thank God I have a nine to five, but you know, <laughs> so, but the fact that I saw though, I started with two, two students, you know, sometimes you think you build it and they're going to come. I had that attitude. Yeah, I'm a building. Now all of a sudden I'm going to have students everywhere. Well, it didn't happen that way, but I didn't let that discourage me. But the joy to see those two young men finish those 12 weeks, walk out of there smiling, knowing that they have an opportunity to get a job or start a career was the most exciting thing to me that just warmed my heart, filled the joy and made me say, it, it's good. It's all good. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I can make this happen. I can do this and I can change. I can help change the lives. So that was the biggest thing to me right now. Man. And I confess to that because one of those young men were, was my nephew and just the, the excitement and the pride, you know, he's really, he's, he's, he's normally a nonchalant, nonchalant person. You don't know anything about what's going on with him, but he made sure that the family knew that, yo, I passed my certification. You know, I got an interview. You know, this was something that, you know, that made the, the family news. And so he was that definitely was a proud um, moment for him and for us. Nice. Nice. Well, for Empower, some of our successes, I mentioned, you know, a couple of the students who were in, um, you know, underemployed or unemployed, very our average, their average salary for the first class was like $5,700 a year, right? The, um, so to see these individuals um, a year later, they are, there's been an increase of 526% in their salaries. So they're making some money now. Um, 50% were Detroiters. That we've that we've supported. So now, you know, Detroiters as well as Southfield residents, Pontiac, you know, these young people are coming from everywhere. Um, but uh, what else? Oh, and they're being placed like the internships. They, they were getting internships at Microsoft, and um, you know, a couple of data centers, some big big companies. My big challenge, though, and that's that's great, but the big challenge has been. So I'm a, we're a nonprofit and there's some fundraising involved because I have to sustain this program. I mean, like I said, it's offered free of charge to the students, but someone has to pay for this. Part of my revenue, though, it comes from the internships. So I keep the way that it works is, you know, you get an opportunity, you know, um, Bank of America, you get a chance to test out this intern, see if this is someone you would like to bring in full time. But for this seven week paid internship, you just pay me in power and I'll pay the student. And then there's a little bit that is allocated in the amount that they pay and it's not much. And we pay our students okay. Um, but it goes back into this training. You know, I'm investing $7,200 in training. They finished the program. But now I'm finding that the bulk of our students, because of this pandemic, the internships kind of went away because everybody, there was a lot of uncertainty. So we weren't expecting that. But then they hired the students. They're hiring our students right after they graduate into permanent jobs. Now, it's a good thing because at the end of the day, they're making good money. They got benefits. They never had that. And I'm telling you, they look completely different when you see them in their holding their hands up high and they're explaining what they're doing and they're using the technical 
jargon to explain it and it's really cool. But I don't get no revenue from that. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm investing $7,200 in this individual just for, you know, a big company. And I won't say any names to just pluck them and bring them in and give them a job. And it's like, give me a donation for training Mm -hmm. this pipeline. You know, so I'm just trying to, um, I guess that's my issue because I'm trying to balance that because, again, I'm like super excited that. You know, this guy who was a valet driver in January is now working for, a, you know, in a data center out in, in Southfield. And that's awesome. But it's like when they skipping over the the internships. And I, <laughs> so that's my piece. That's that's the only that's my big challenge. I know I should come up with something a bit more uh, student centric, but for them. OK, this is one. So um, that, you know, 85% of our students actually finished, but that 15 who didn't, when we went virtual, I learned the hard way that you can't just take an in-person curriculum and then put a camera up and teach it the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit, that was a big challenge because mm-hmm. we got to keep these young people engaged. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's, the challenge. that's the challenge all across the board. <laughs> I know, right? So it's like... <laughs> but it's real. Woo. Uh, I found that the, the the students who were really struggling coming in when we uh, shifted to a virtual delivery, those were the students who couldn't couldn't hang. So we got to we I think we're figuring that out though how to keep them engaged. Hmm. All right, and um, can you can you give us the website again that uh, those who are interested in enrolling? With Empower, where, where, where should they go? They should go to www.empower.org. Okay. Or give me a call. Should I give my number out? Or? Yeah, I, we, yeah, if you, yeah, if you want to give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> or how about an email? Camille, C A M I L L E, dot Walker Banks at Empower.org. And we'll okay. get you all hooked up. And uh, Mr. Davis, how would they get in touch with you, you again? Uh, same thing. You can go to our website, which is www.avaudiovideotechinstitute.com. And everything on the, on, the, on the website spells out about the program. You can do everything on the website. You can inquire about the program. You can actually register for the program. Everything is right there on the website. Uh, uh, and then the social media also, our Facebook page, AV Tech Institute, things like that. Also. Okay. And um, I wanted to ask one last question before we uh, let you guys go. Um, you know, of course, in demand, we, we exist to connect black men with opportunities to, to serve the next generation as mentors, volunteers, and, um, and educators. Uh, what opportunities do you guys have for black men to uh, be involved as mentors and volunteers? So we have, I need um, black men in particular because a lot of, most of my students are black men, Um, but we have professional development opportunities on Thursdays. And that's when um, you can come in and volunteer to um, help with the mock interviews, to share their experience, their the journey that that they went on, and it and our journeys go in all kinds of directions, but to be like really 
insightful and share and honest and just share their journey and, and the good and the bad. And so, um, so we're always looking for volunteers to inspire our students, especially men. And again, camille.walkerbanks at empower.org to volunteer. And I would be happy to have, especially if there are people in your audience with any kind of IT background, please, I need you to come and volunteer and inspire our students. Yeah, I'm same thing. Um, if you're a tradesman and you're already, you're out there working in the trade, whether you're an electrician, a plumber, carpenter, your masonry, you know, you're running your own business, you know, come in and talk to young men and women about the, in the trade. Just come in and talk to them what it's like uh, interacting with clients. You know, we, I go through that a little bit about professionalism on the job when you act, actually working for a company and when you're working for yourself. Because I ran my own company for years. And, you know, that professionalism that you have. So if you're out there and you're already in the trades and, you know, give me a call. Stop in, you know, just talk to the young men and women about the trades and that professionalism that it takes to run your business and to keep your business going. Hey, and I'll say if you're if you're watching this and, you know, yeah, you've been inspired um, listening to what's going on and you want to, um, you know, you're a black man and you want to um, serve the next generation as a mentor, as a volunteer. And even if you want to take that route of becoming an actual educator. You can go to imindemand.com. You can sign up. We'll connect you with those opportunities. Um, so thank you guys for uh, coming on to the uh, In Demand podcast. Does, any, does anybody have any final thoughts? Hey, this summer's going to be a banger once this pandemic moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mm. I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna hold class or just enjoy it. <laughs> hey man, it's gonna be hey, get on that motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Final thoughts for from me would be um just take full advantage of the resources that's available. We we underestimate in Detroit just how coordinated and how many resources we have at our disposal. And, you, and, and it's easy for us to, I mean, we don't know, but other communities look at us and, you know, and they're, they're a little bit jealous because I've seen it where they're like, wow, you guys collaborate like that. We're a very nurturing and collaborative um, city and community. But if you're not taking advantage of the resources, you're not in the game and you're not going to be successful. So this is just one of those, another one of those resources um, that if you don't take advantage of, It'll be gone and you'll regret it. So let's just let's just use everything that we have in our community to make us better. And I like you put that we're not underserved, we're underestimated. There you go. Yeah, yeah not underserved. I'm not from no underserved community. I'm from the west side of Detroit. I'm from um side? central, from the Durfee area. That's that's my, my that's my old stomping grounds. <laughs> and that's actually still my neighborhood. That's that, that's my village. And um, and you're right. It's not underestimate. It's not underserved at all. But yeah, underestimated is more like it. Yeah. I'm ready for that. Uh, Dewan, you got anything for us, man? Closing. Yeah, I mean, I would just say thank y'all. Right? It's like the 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 your audience is me, right? And I think that you know, 
it's there's a lot of untapped talent out there. Yes. Um, that if we don't get access to that talent, like we're suffering, right? It's like we're we're gonna suffer more. Like I always knew I had something to offer, even though I didn't go off to college, right? And I think there's so many people out there like me. Um, I started off in you know the skilled trades, but you know I've been a union rep at the UAW that had an amazing experience there. Um, I was just VP of a, a very successful nonprofit organization um, and transitioned out of there at the beginning of this month. And now I'm running an organization that supports other organizations, right? Hmm. Um, but it started like with a, a starting skilled trade. So you guys giving uh, folks an opportunity and that confidence that they'll get there and realize that they have something to offer, I think will definitely, you know, uh, give us more access to the, the talent that's out there uh, that's been underestimated, taking your word. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's a pleasure. Yeah. So, um, so here we are at the end. And thank you guys again. As Dewan said, thank you for taking time to uh, be on the podcast and appreciate every last one of you guys and see the audience next time.